And you are tuned in to Mining Stock Daily. This is Trevor Hall. We got a corporate update from one of our sponsors. That is Ascot Resources. Typically, we hear from CEO Derek White, but we are going to welcome in a new guest for Mascot. That is Vice President of Corporate Development and Shareholder Communications, Mr. David Stewart. Uh, David, welcome into the podcast. How are you? Yeah, thanks, Trevor. Good morning. I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Despite volatility in the market, uh, a couple of things that, uh, listen, we, we're going to get a big update on really the construction uh, of the mill at the Premier Mine and a couple of other just I, you know, bullet point items that we need to go over. Uh, so let's get to that first. Uh, really, there is a continued, uh, you know, hardware continues to be shipped and put into the Premier Mill. Uh, you know, headways there, you know, you know, it continues to move forward. Uh you know, just give us the update from where you're sitting. Yeah, for sure. So there's been a lot of stuff going on uh, in and around the mill. Um, And maybe before I jump right into that, just as by way of introduction, so I I am relatively new to the company, started back in June. Um, But my history with this project and with the team goes back a little further, about two and a half years ago to early 2019, when I was a sell-side research analyst um, and was covering Ascot for uh, again, starting in early 2019 and up until, you know, four months ago when I actually joined the board. So looking to get a lot more meaningfully involved in the value creation here. I've always loved the project, uh, liked the team. And so here we are. Um, and things are moving at a, at a very rapid pace. So we are still in the final stages of the permit amendment process, um, expecting that in the coming weeks. But before that happens, we've actually been able to get done an incredible amount of work in the way of early works as a part of our early works program, which allows pre-construction activities in and around the mill, um, fixing up the hall roads and access roads on site, um, mostly to prepare for the ball and sag mill deliveries, which as you might've seen in our recent press release, we just got delivery of the ball and sag mill shells in recent weeks. Um, And that was a huge de-risking milestone because not only is that the most critical component of the mill flow sheet itself, uh, but also these these are are really hard to get these days. We're seeing you know every conversation you have with the management team nowadays, especially with project developers, inflation is going to come up at least a few times. But I think a bigger risk than that is long lead time equipment deliveries and procurement. Um, thankfully, the the team had the prudence last year to order the ball and sag mail shells uh, last September. And about a year later, they arrived on site. If we were to place the orders today, we're probably looking at closer to, you know, a year and a half to two years delivery, because it's not just other precious metals projects we're competing against. You're competing against copper, uh, nickel, battery metals, like every commodity now has a ton of projects mm-hmm. out there. And so there's a lot of competitive pressures on long lead time equipment procurement. From semiconductors to uh, ball mill. Yes. Oh, everything's out of stock. I, I, I've gone to <laughs> Ikea like three times in the last three months and the shelves are empty at Ikea. So yeah, yeah it's been tough. I, uh, you know, let's talk about, uh, you know, with this uh, permitting amendment that you briefly mentioned, what exactly does that mean? What will it lead to? Yeah, so we've been able to get a lot of stuff done uh, under our early works permit. The main thing that we're requiring the full permit amendment issuance for our project is to get underground. Uh, we got to get underground development going, um, and that's not only to portal in at Big Missouri, but also to start developing the mine and also drive a 1.5 kilometer decline down to the silver coin deposit, which, as you remember, we got two pr- deposits kind of coming into production in the early years. That's Big Missouri and Silver Coin, 
And to get to our targeted 2,500 tons per day throughput level, you, you need both of those deposits uh, mining at, at any given time. And so we probably want you know, two to three stoping areas at Big Missouri opened, uh, and also two, two to three levels at uh, Silvercoin opened as well. And that's how we get to our full you know, 2,500 tons per day throughput, ballpark around 150,000 as a year production level. Hey, tell me about, I know we've had a couple conversations on the podcast really about workforce shortages. Is that an issue at all at Premier for Ascot? Are you having a difficulties filling positions or is your contractors having uh, jobs, you know, difficulties filling those jobs? So where does that stand? No, we haven't experienced a great deal of pressure in terms of uh, work shortages. Um, it, as a general rule of thumb, like our, our project um, you know, it's it's one of the only ones going into production up there in the next few years. Um, and so we're not competing with really any other major local projects. Um, and, and yeah, it, it's it's generally a pretty small project too. We're not building, you know, a massive 5,000 ton per day mill and massive open pit project. Um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, this is a fairly manageable, smaller scale project. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got some door modules that look like they're about ready are they installed yet or about to be finished up? Yep, the fourth out of four uh, dorm room modules are there for the temporary construction camp. And so that'll house about 150 people uh, total capacity. We did have to increase the camp size a bit due to COVID because now everyone needs their own isolated room and they need their own isolated washroom. Um, so that was uh, one, of the, one of the changes from you know, the feasibility study plan to the current plan. And <clears throat> all of those changes were mostly wrapped into that updated CapEx estimate back in March. Uh, if you remember, the feasibility study estimated total initial capital of 147 million Canadian. Um, we increased that by about 20% in March uh, up to $176 million Canadian, which is pretty in line with a lot of other projects we're seeing. Thankfully, uh, you know, our project, we're not perfectly insulated as no one, no one is perfectly insulated from inflation, but we're not really building anything new here. Like the mills already there, um, you know, steel prices, like 40 to 60% inflation of steel prices. We're not really exposed to that that much because the mills already there, right? All the steel is already in place. So we're, we're not, like I said, we're not perfectly insulated, but we're pretty comfortable with that CapEx number going forward. Uh, in behind the construction of all this, there continues to be exploration work. There's been a little bit since we've gotten the latest drill results. I think it was early August uh, that we got drill results, so almost a month and a half ago. Uh, really, what is the latest with uh, where you where Ascot stands with exploration work and really increasing ounces? Yeah, so I mean, the the impetus has not necessarily been to increase the resource and reserve ounces immediately, um, because I mean, there, there's a, a, a slew of things that that happen when you update your R&R, um, especially before you get into production. And so we don't want to trigger any new technical report until we get into production. So, you know, probably in the year of 2023, once we're at commercial production, that's when we'd look to actually update our resource and reserve numbers. So until then, and since the January 2020 resource, which was the basis for the feasibility study, we've been targeting modest drill programs to add incremental ounces. So new discoveries, new areas of mineralization and new step outs beyond the existing resource. And it's been yielding some pretty good fruit uh, last year and this year, again, with very modest amounts of drilling, um, you know, outlining the Premier West target, outlining the day zone, um, hitting some interesting stuff this year in and or, or, or around the mill building area, 
which surprisingly, like there's, there's been over 900,000 meters drilled on these properties in the past on the premier side, not even counting Red Mountain. And yet there are still vast amounts of vast areas, you know, in and around and beside deposits that have never been drilled. And so it's, uh, there's a lot of IP anomaly targets, which we've been successfully identifying and hitting high grade gold, high grade silver, and even some high grade copper at depth, which we found intriguing. Obviously not the focus because we're not building a copper mine here, we're building a gold mine. Um, but certainly it's not lost on us that there's some potential base metal uh, optionality there as well. Has the team done some analysis, a time frame type analysis to where you get the mill up and running, you become cash flowing, and then that cash generating business might actually be able to go back and fund your exploration work ongoing. When does that, when does that start to switch over? Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's something I'm really excited about is because if you think about it, like we're trying to build a gold mine here and it costs a lot to build a, to build a mine. So every meter we drill now is shareholder dilutive, right? Because it's not coming out of organic cash flow. We would look to, you know, timelines intact, uh, given the permit timeline and then a 12 month construction period, uh, initial production, we're still targeting fourth quarter of 2022. And then we would expect something like a six month ramp up to commercial production, um, you know, getting into cash flow around that time. So we'd look to be organically cash flowing, positive free cash flowing within the first half of 2023. And then as soon as that happens, yeah, we'd be able to meaningfully step up the exploration program uh, almost by an order of magnitude to get a, a you know a, a proper drill program. Um, right now we're doing 25,000 meters. Last year we did 15,000 meters. And so I would expect mm -hmm. we'd do something like a multiple of that once we're able to fund it from organic cash flow. Wouldn't you become cash flowing like that and funding your exploration work? I, I mean, this is maybe a loaded question, but are you able to take... Um a little bit more risks with the drill bit than say you would be if you were just using shareholder capital. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because we're, we're right now we're mindful that every hole we put into the ground um, is dilutive to shareholders. And so uh, when we're able to generate that cash internally from organic cash flows, yeah, we'll, we'll be able to step up the drill program in a lot more meaningful way. And also the, the priority changes because <clears throat> previously the priority was drill a critical mass with which you can proceed to development. And right now we have over 3 million ounces of uh, eight grams per ton gold equivalent. Certainly that was seen as a critical mass to progress towards mine development. And so getting beyond that 3 million ounces uh, wasn't really a priority right now because we already have that to build the mine. Once we get into production, yeah, then your focus becomes, okay, first priority would be to replace reserves. Second priority would be to step out beyond reserves. And third priority would be able to um, would be to look regionally and around the mines and, and target new discoveries. And so I think we, we'll be able to allocate a generous amount of the free cash flow towards those three budgets. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I harken back to um, Predium's exploration work. You know, when they got when they got the mine up and going, there was uh, some things they had to overcome. There were some challenges, obviously, but uh, their exploration work right now has just been. They've been finding some super high grades. Uh, that's obviously just going to feed into their business plan and their flow sheet. Uh, so pretty promising. I mean, the Golden Triangle is obviously, uh, it's hard to explore. Uh, you know, I think uh, Premier is obviously one of the better projects as far as infrastructure being in place. So 
the challenges of building that mill are mitigated, obviously. Uh, but really, uh, some some big hurdles that will be leaped up overhead uh, here in the future, and then really leveraging more exploration work in the years to come. Yeah, definitely. And one thing I should have mentioned is that once we get underground, drilling becomes a lot more efficient and effective. I mean, if you're drilling 300 meters from surface to hit a three meter intercept, uh, I mean, that's, that's like, it, it's high grade and it makes sense. But if you can do that from 30 meters away, then you can drill 10 holes in the same budget that you drilled one hole from surface. So we'll be able to get a lot more efficient and effective from underground drilling um, once we're driving that deep line down from Big Missouri to Silver Coin and also getting underground at Premier, once we get underground at all our deposits, drilling is going to, you know, with the same dollars, the same amount of budget, you'd be able to drill, you know, probably two to three times the amount of meters. Mm-hmm. Uh, David, real quick, uh, there's a pretty important election happening up in Canada today as we talk. Uh, you know, what implications of you know, any sort of change in the ranks up uh, from the federal level that uh, ASCOT really is keeping an eye on? Uh, We're not really that worried about the federal level at the moment. I mean, I guess at the federal level, every every party has a different platform with respect to carbon taxes. Um, But that's almost an opportunity for us because we have probably one of the lowest carbon footprint footprint mines uh, in Canada and, and maybe the world, because across all three scopes of carbon emissions, so scope one would be company vehicles on company property, scope two being your purchase power, and scope three being your upstream and downstream processing. So for scope one, I mean, we're a high grade underground mine. So we're not a low grade bulk open pit operation, which uh, emits a lot of carbon into the atmosphere. Um, so across scope one, we have a recipe for low carbon. Scope two, we're on BC's hydroelectric power grid, which is near zero emissions, so very clean power. Um, And then scope three, you know, we don't have a downstream uh, processing of concentrates because we're going to pour Doray at site, and almost half of the gold is going to be recovered in the gravity circuit, so very low energy intensive as well. Um, And so upstream and downstream processing is pretty minimal. And so I think by, like, by the way of um, of carbon taxes in terms of the different platforms of the, the different federal um, parties. Yeah, it's, it's not going to make a, a huge difference to us. Um, and then most of the government and the, and the regulator things that we're concerned with are at the provincial level. Um, like right now, our, uh, our permitting process is going through the pro- provincial level. And so we're not really that distracted by what's going on in the federal election. Okay, very good. Uh, David, it's a pleasure to uh, speak with you for the first time. Glad you could join us for the podcast. And uh, I'm sure as uh, Derek continues to be busier and busier, we'll probably be talking to you a little bit more frequently. But uh, until the next time, I appreciate the time you do give us and look forward for the next catch up from Ascot. Definitely. Thanks for your time, Trevor. All right. That's your update from Ascot Resources. Again, trading on the TSX with the symbol AOT and on the OTCQX with AOTVF. They also continue to be a proud sponsor of the Mining Stock Dailies podcast. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak to a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.